lots of things happened over the weekend. Britt, did they not? But, but can I start off with uh, uh, something just to, just a slight bit parochial, please for for me, because I uh, I know you're going to be a big fan of the the guy I'm going to tell you about in, in in just a moment here. On June 10th, that would be 12 days before today, as uh, as we go to record. Uh, I wrote this on the Facebook. I said, as someone who is from Columbus. Should I just assume a name change is in store for the capital of the Buckeye State? And by the way, this was a post that connected to the article that was all about them beheading Christopher Columbus's statue in Boston. Right. That one. I do remember. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's hard to keep up with all the, you know, the, the, uh, the statue mayhem and, and, and violence around the country. Anyway, I was kind of having fun with that. And, uh, I was just kind of making the point that, um, yeah, if you're going to lop off Columbus's head, we, you know, Columbus was a was a bad guy, right? uh, enslaved people, shot people, whatever the hell he did. I don't. Know. <laughs> I think he cheated on Netflix. You know, he, I, did, I don't he, did. he used his. He, he used shared it with else. more than two people. He shared the yeah. password with more than two people. That's what yeah, he did. He, he he used Vasco de Gama's uh, password. I think. <laughs> Uh, anyway, my, my, my point was that uh, you just don't want to hand the, the right-wingers and Trump and Fox and Tucker Carl and all, the, all this shit about stuff like this and stoke any kind of enthusiasm for the Trumpers. All right, so 12 days later, we've now gone through the weekend where, if anything, the uh, the Trump folks have to be just a little bit deflated even though they won't admit it. But I bring up the the uh, post from 12 days ago because it's actually turning out to be kind of true. There's a petition on change.org that suggests that Columbus change its name to, that's right, Flavor Town. Flavor Town. And they got 17. And you want to know why? Because Guy Fieri is from Columbus. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and because he has raised lots of money for food service workers hurt by the pandemic and the, the shutdown, he's a good guy. And one of the signers wrote that that alone makes him far more worthy of a town named in his honor than Christopher Columbus. So yet he never flashes his Ohio credentials at all. He, he acts as though he was born and raised in Las Vegas and Northern California. He never at all touts his Ohio bona fides at all. It's but you know fun. what? That, that's the best kind. That's the, you know, he doesn't shove it down your throat because obviously being from Columbus is, yeah, it's a fantastic thing. Oh, sure. Okay. I mean, I, I that's all I do is talk about it. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm looking now and it looks like Ohio City is already taken. There's already a place called Ohio City. So you couldn't rename it that. Yeah. Can we, yeah. can we just go full? Uh, can we just go full Andy Griffith show and call it Capital City? Can we just call it Capital City, Ohio? Or I think they do that on, on The Simpsons as well. You could go Buckeyeville or something. <laughs> Buckeyeville, that would know. be great. Just Buckeye dumb. City, USA. As dumb as any. All right, I, I, I just wanted to have some 
some fun with that. Now, now before we get into the Tulsa thing and, yeah, and yeah. other goodness, we've had a development over our the, the same county that gave you the Ace Speedway controversy Alamance. has now has now showed itself off again. This is this is somewhat of a national story, not as much as the Ace Speedway thing is. Have you seen the, the headlines from Alamance County over the weekend? Uh, I, I know I've seen something. I can't remember what it is. It's been a crush. Go ahead. Well, the the county seat is a little city named Graham, and yeah. there's it's a small little town. And in the town square, of course, there's a huge monument of a Confederate soldier. So over the weekend, for there were protests on either side, and there was a lot of consternation about the removal or non-removal of said Confederate soldier. And I think the county manager of Alamance County has now gone in favor of saying, we have to put this thing at an undisclosed location because it is threatening peace and safety and everything else. So that that seems to be the problem is that we have to have a war over a lump of concrete. Well, it's, it's not just that. I love the fact that you would afford a protection Exactly. Undisclosed location for <laughs> statues. Okay. <laughs> Witness protection. As, as opposed to thinking about what was done in the name and continues to be done in the name of the broadest sweep of what the Confederacy stood for and what the rejection of Reconstruction meant and the imposition of Jim Crow and the now more than 150 years after the Civil War oppression of uh, people who just aren't white enough. Uh, but it's most important that the statue itself, okay, that should have never existed in the first place, that was put up as a provocation, as an F.U. to, uh, you know, do, do the math on this. These statues, most of them, most of them were put up, let's just be general, between 1905 and, say, 1920. Is that about right? Yep. Including Silent Sam, that's right. At, uh, UNC and and the stuff in Richmond and, and all over the country. So in 1905, that's 40 years after the end of the Civil War. Right. All right. And if you get to 1920, you know now you're you're 55 years. After the uh, end of the Civil War, if my math is correct, and I think I think it is, it's it's pretty close. It's good enough. You get the point. So all the, mm-hmm. the soldiers, all the soldiers who were in the Civil War, um, they're at least seventy years old, sixty-five, seventy. Most of them are dead because you know lifespans weren't that long back then. And this idea that people now think and want to ignore. The reason that these statues exist is enough to just say, melt them all down and let's build a bridge. Wouldn't that be a great use for all the the uh, the, the stuff that's in a, a statue? What's in a statue? I mean, metal, lead, whatever the yeah. hell is in there. Right. I'm sure if you, I'm sure that the the component parts of them are are somewhat valuable, and use them to build some kind of not just a metaphorical bridge, but an actual bridge where it's needed and you get the symbolism there instead of it continuing to exist and for for these statues to continue to exist in any form anywhere which means that there are going to be people who know where they are and there's going to be a point where they spill it because nothing is secret 
is just setting us up for more trouble down the road. I can't tell you how, can't tell you when, can't tell you where, but it'll happen, right? Well, I, I just love the idea that the statue is going to be in witness protection like Ray Liotta yes. is at the end of Goodfellas. He's mowing the grass down yes. in Scottsdale, or, and he's going out to get the paper. Or what the, you think I, if they change the face on, on the statue, no one will recognize it? <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I love that we, we continue to have these been like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And again, this is all about history, Brad. It's all about history. If you tried to take a book about Theodore Roosevelt out of the library, the same people would go down there and they would try to kick your ass because they just love history. <laughs> That's what this is about, Brad. Mm. Mm. <laughs> These are just a bunch of history fanatics. I see them all the time in the reading room over the library. Yeah. They're just fanatical about history. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I guess to bring it full circle, what happened over the weekend uh, at the NASCAR race in, in Talladega and uh, the noose being uh, uh, shoved in the the direction of uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, yeah. it, it kind of puts a bow on the absurdity of all this and the thinking of of people well, who want to preserve something that never really was and never should have been. Did you and, now? Did you enjoy my comment on the Brad and Brit Facebook page, facebook.com slash Brad and Brit Show? Are we going to hear the argument now that if we renew, if we remove nooses, that's erasing history, and well, nobody will ever know so that anyone much. was lynched? <laughs> if we do that, they, they, it's just a part of history. If we get rid of that, then. I, I, my favorite part of the whole NASCAR story is them just being outraged and not pretending that they fostered the kind of culture that allowed that thing to happen. I love the fact that, oh, I just don't know how this sort of hate ended up in the pits at Talladega. I, I, I'm not sure how that, motherfucker, for years you fostered this. You encouraged it. Of course it was going to happen. How can, how can they do that, Brad? No. Uh, as long as they uh, also change the name of the Noose River, mm-hmm. then I'm fine with it. It just felt completely differently. But no, it's 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 so fun. I mean, I'm I'm very glad that NASCAR took a quick stand against it. They don't really have a choice. What are they going to say? Play it down. Oh, get over it. It's not a big deal. It's just a piece of rope. They they have to react. It's it's a hate crime. The FBI is involved in investigating this. Richard Petty, who owns that race team and is 82 years old, is going down to Talladega, and he says he his most important thing he can do is hug his driver. They're doing all the stuff that they need to do. That's right now. Yeah. But before then, they weren't doing all the right stuff. Well, no, I, I understand that. But at a certain point, you have to, to, to say, yes, this is what they are, were, but this is what they are right now. Because you have to remember, uh, uh, and even if there are, are commercial interests behind this, that this is just good business, this is the smart thing to do, they are doing it, as opposed to the president of the United States. Yeah. He, he hasn't woke. He hasn't done anything. He doesn't care. He would rather go the other direction. You know, I, I'm, he's had to hold back, you know, from trashing NASCAR because based on the Donald Trump standard, NASCAR is Colin Kaepernick with four wheels, isn't it? What's the uh, well, you, you know, the, right? uh, you got, you got me on that one. I'm, I'm not trying to get you. I'm just trying to say that, um, uh, in this case, with with NASCAR, they're they're taking a lead, they, and they don't have to do that. They could go full redneck. They could dig in. 
They could have gone the other way. There's, but there is really a give, not to. I, I don't think there is another side to this. I really don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I don't see that there's a fair and balanced. I don't. You guys are overreacting a little bit over just one little noose and one guy's. I don't. I don't think that there's a any way. And again, the, overreacting to it. I don't. No, think there's no. And there's no. But there's no one alleging that it's even an overreaction reaction. There's only one way to do this. There's only one way that like a sentient being would be able to handle what happened at, at that deal. Uh, and, and again, Donald Trump's behavior not being the standard for anything. It's like if, if you know, if, if your old marriage analogies, if you come and your wife accuses you of doing something wrong, you go, well, at least I'm not Donald Trump. You can't get away with that. That's not going to work in life. Wait, I mean, he, hold on. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I like that. Wait a minute. I'm gonna that. <laughs> You're not, you I haven't tried that one yet. <laughs> okay. I may, it may have sucked. And what I did was really bad, but I'm not Donald Trump. Now, th- again, you can't, that, th- that's not the, the standard for anyone's behavior reaction to anything. Uh, his, his behavior and the way that he reacts to stuff is beyond, Really, any kind of what you could have imagined of a, a sentient, a sentient conscience being. There's just no way to to see that. Now, having said all of that, you were wrong. They went ahead with the the Tulsa rally on Saturday, and and aren't you glad that you were wrong? Aren't you glad that they went through with that absolute shit show so that this guy could fall on his stupid fat face? Well, I was technically wrong. Yes, but I was right. Of- to the very moment that it occurred that Donald Trump should have said no. He should have turned that plane around in the air, in the air, because he knew before he even landed that the the crowd was going to suck, it was going to be small, that there, there was nobody waiting outside to get in, and that he was going to be uh, doing his little performance in front of, at best, a half-full house. And by the way, it wasn't even half full. It was only one third full, right? Sixty-two hundred out of an eighteen or nineteen thousand yeah. seat arena, or as Donald Trump would say, twelve thousand. Uh, <laughs> his first his first move is always to lie about crowd size, but but it was sixty-two hundred. Unless you believe that in a heavily Republican city, in a heavily Republican state, with heavily Republican government officials up and down. The, the, the entire roster that somehow there's a corrupt, idiotic fire marshal who just can't count how many people come through the turnstiles. And clearly the 6200 was the, the counting of Jim Acosta of CNN or some other hater like that. But uh, so it, it, it just, but I would have turned the pl- I would have not gone. I would, because he would have looked better to not show up than to, to, uh, to, to do what he did. And, He's, he went two hours. Was this his longest one ever? Uh, maybe I think it, but was. it was. I think it was. It was. I, I tapped out at about forty-five minutes after the after the fifteen-minute story of uh, how he he uh, uh, walked down that that ramp, and it was because he had leather shoes and yeah. blah blah, and, and and the other just complete utter just. Oh, this is what we brain, settled on now. Meltdown. This yeah. is what we settled on now, as far as the ramp story is that the shoes were leather, and that's why he had a little well, problem no, gripping. He, no, no, that's what he said. I know. After after we're all not of this settling time, on anything because no, 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 we did. It's uh, what I'm what I'm going through is that we never we haven't heard about leather shoes until now because at first it was a very strong performance and it was wet, and now the leather is coming in. Is that is that correct? Well, uh, let's let's just back up and instead yeah. of uh, going through point by point. We, we got to go back four years where, where we've said, remember, everything Donald Trump says is a lie. It's a distortion. It is not true. 
and you you have to prove that anything he does say has truth to it. So everything he was saying about what happened on that day two weeks ago was just a fat lie. And, and so to to even dignify again the detail, don't we have to have a panel of four people? Or leather shoes better for going down a ramp? You know, no, no, we're not going to talk oh, about. I'm you know I'm so glad I'm so glad that you said that because. Uh, a television station you're very familiar with, Channel 3 WBTV in Charlotte, did have a poll question on their Facebook page. And because he apparently he said this, I didn't see it, but I, I saw the, the replay of it. He says, Donald Trump says, if you burn the American flag, you should be in jail for one year. Right. Now, and he, and he, they wanted, they wanted you to vote on that on the WBTV. <laughs> like it's a real thing. Uh, that like, is, this, is, I'll tell you how, how inexcusable that is. It's triple, quadruple inexcusable to, to, to take something like that and, and use it to get clicks and to get yep. people to respond and to get some cheap ass emotional bang out of the buck as if by today we should all be talking about flag burning. You know, that should be the issue that America is thinking about. An issue that not only is he full of shit on, not only is it an issue that the Supreme Court has ruled Absolutely, as free speech, not only is flag burning something that nobody does, so therefore it's not even worth discussing, because he brings it up like a, a, a crazed animal at his stupid rally, WBTV, well, we've got to, well, let's do a poll on that. You know what, WBTV, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you for even doing it. Do you think the president right? You should be an automatic one year. No, but and then it beca- this becomes a race to the bottom. No, by God, it should be two years. No, by God, it should be yeah, five yeah, years. That, that, no, by God, it should be the one year penalty isn't enough. <laughs> no, it's ten. It should be twenty. It should be life. They should double kill you. They should kill you, bury you, dig you up, and kill you again. And it's, it's, it's like who can be more hardcore? It's, it's, it's just not a thing. It's it it, it is not a thing. And uh, you know how comedians forever, you've seen them all talk about how they like to try out material mm-hmm. at uh, a comedy club around the, the corner from their house. Seinfeld does. They all do it. They all do it. And they, they try to work through the, the jokes and refashion them and see if they get laughs and, and blah, blah, blah. That's what Trump looked like on Saturday night, an unprepared comedian with not any new material, because most of it was was just old shit. Yeah. But he was just uh, glancing from subject to subject, like he always does. And I don't know how much you watch. He didn't get much crowd reaction. Now, of course, there wasn't much of a crowd there. But we'll just pretend that even 6,000 people can make a lot of noise if they're enthusiastic about what you're saying. And actually, they could, but they didn't. They didn't care. They were sitting on their hands. Because you and I have both been, we've all been to events where we went out and got tickets really, really early because we thought, oh, man, this is going to be huge. And we get there, and the place is only a third or half full. And you want to pretend that you're right and everybody's wrong and you're still seeing a a great show or basketball games. I mean, I've been to a, a couple of opening rounds of the NCAA tournament when they play them here in Greensboro. And if it's a... If, if it's Campbell against somebody else, you know, the place will be one-third full. And you kind of feel like a moron for being there. But you go, all right, okay, that's cool. Um, but he he had nothing. Because remember what his mindset was while he was faking it up there. I mean, he was so pissed, he wanted to spit bullets. 
and mm-hmm. and you you just can't be your your great Donald Trump stand up guy when uh, when you're mad at the world and uh, that by by any measure was a complete failure. I do not I do not buy that the reason there were only six thousand people were there the, the, was because a, a million kids on TikTok trolled and and uh, got them to think that there were more people that were going to come. And none of them showed up, and it was only six thousand, and and they made Trump. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that's kind of a, an interesting sidelight. Yeah. But the the fact is that in the reddest city, in the reddest state, when Donald Trump all over the country has been able to, for the most part, fill up arenas, but not all the time. We've seen empty seats every time mm-hmm. he performs. Right. That's true. It's There's true. Always pictures of it. And of course, what did he do? The uh, he lied and said, I fill up every time. There's going to be a full place, the BOK Arena. They got a million people. All right, so he was lying even going in. So the expectations were way too high. But the fact of the matter is, I got to believe that by 5.30, an hour and a half or so before the show, they knew that they were sucking wind. And I got to believe at that point they said, hey, Fuck the tickets. Anybody that wants to come in, you let them in, right? Well, no, there's there's evidence of that. They sent the text out going. There's plenty right. of, to their supporters saying there's plenty of room. Right, right, right. So wh- th- that tells you that actual honest to goodness demand was not there. It tells you that, and you and I, we both swing back and forth between the American people are complete idiots versus the American people aren't that stupid. Well. They aren't that stupid except for the ones that went. And they did figure out that once he put that stupid waiver liability clause in there, mm. that uh, you, you look at – I mean, th- th- it's not like when you buy something at Best Buy and it says, check this box because you got to go buy our rules. You just check it and you don't worry about it. That, that, this is different. You check this box and uh, if you die or even worse – if you get coronavirus and you become a carrier and you don't know it and you spread it around, I was wondering whether they thought that this illegal, unenforceable uh, waiver liability clause would apply to your brother or your sister or your children or your father if they picked it up from you when you went to the rally. Think about mm-hmm. that, because it, it isn't just who goes to the rally. And I, this is breaking news to Donald Trump. This is a communicable disease. Yeah. One person right now is still infecting more than one, which is why the curve doesn't bend down. And this is a super spreader event. And just because there were, quote, unquote, only 6,000 people there, well, let's try to figure this out. 6,000 people is the most people that have attended one event close together since the pandemic broke out. So it's not relevant that it wasn't 20,000 people in there. That's still 6,000 people. Yep. And, uh, and, and just do the, do the math on that one. And, uh, he, he put on the most dangerous event in American history, in the history of American show business the other night. And not only that, it sucked and it bombed and it <laughs> no. didn't help him politically. So it's, it's got everything you'd ever want not 
if you're Donald Trump. And so, and aren't you happy eventually? They, in, in all, in the end of the day, that you were you were right that they went through with that you were wrong that they went through with the rally. I mean, no, it was good. I, no, I would I'd rather have been right, of course. But, <laughs> I, but, I, but I, and I'm I'm still right for having said they should have done what I said. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to give you the biggest uh, Donald. I told you so. I told you you should have canceled this. I didn't know you were going to get that few people, but that's what happened. And not only that, you still spread the disease like wildfire, probably all across the country. The account of what went wrong in Tulsa and the reckoning underway in the aftermath is based on interviews with more than a half dozen re-election campaign and White House officials. This is a Politico story. The party empty, the partly empty arena was the biggest embarrassment and has received the lion's share of media attention. But the issues surrounding the rally, an event that his advisors unanimously saw as a turning point for Trump, extended beyond crowd size and raised questions about the strength of his campaign less than five months until the election. Trump was described as furious over the negative media coverage of the rally, much of which focused on the president's failure to fill the arena and the idea that the president's loyalists were cooling in their support. Some people close to the president suspected he'd been overeager to restart rallies at a time when the public was still reeling from the coronavirus pandemic and racial protests. Yeah, we'd like to thank Politico for uh, getting the Captain Obvious Award. And, and <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it was there. Anybody could see it. And the courageous thing to do would have been to say, as I said last week, you know, you know, we really want to do it. We want to do it so bad. But here's what we're going to do. The biggest Zoom thing ever. It's just something like that. He could have done that. But now he's painted himself completely in a corner here. And uh, I don't care that he can't get out of it because I, I don't think he can. But, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to, to stuff the seat with uh, seat fillers next time like they do at the Academy Awards. Fake people. You know, I was thinking that they went when I was watching Saturday. I thought, gee, they should have had like like six thousand of those blow up dolls like they have at the Korean baseball games. Stand. <laughs> and, and by the way, they could have been six thousand stripper blow up dolls. That's true for, for Donald Trump, and that would have done the trick, don't you think? When they woke up Saturday morning, Trump advisors realized things were going downhill. Protesters were convening outside the arena. News emerged that a half dozen advanced staffers had tested positive for coronavirus, a revelation that angered the president ahead of his departure for Oklahoma. Uh Oh, oh, oh. may may I jump in? How many times have we heard this? It isn't the fact that six people tested positive. It's the fact that we found out about it, (laughs) right? Because you didn't hear Donald Trump in that two hours at at all say, you know, six of our people have the coronavirus, and we, you yeah, know, we, we pray really for them. Are, are thoughts and prayers, them, right? We thoughts and prayers. We wish them well. Blah blah blah. Nothing like that. The reaction isn't that they're sick, and maybe they've made a lot of other people sick because these are advanced people, right? No, so who made, knows when they picked it up? And they and made if, Daddy look bad. That's the problem, right? And right, they made Trump look bad because they picked up a a worldwide communicable disease which they're not supposed to pick up but it's always not the content of the issue it's not the content of the of the misdeed it's that you found out about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the problem problem. um 
They further amplified fears the event could spread the disease. Hours before the rally was to get underway, it became clear to the president's lieutenants that a debacle was underway and that there would be a patchwork of empty seats. Making matters worse for the campaign was its initial declaration that a million people had signed up to see Trump, a boast that was now destined to fall flat on its face. Now, check me on this. and I'm doing this from memory. Didn't Eisenhower, General uh, Eisenhower, or as Donald Trump would say at a speech, General Dwight Eisenhower, because he doesn't really know that the two names go together. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't he? Didn't they call off the D? Wasn't D Day supposed to be on June fifth? I think that's and, right. And, and they, they held it back. If Trump was General Trump, they would have gone on the the day the weather was bad because. I don't want to look bad. I would look bad if it went a day late. You know, I'm Donald Trump. I have to do this rally today. I would look bad if I if I held off and and, and waited for the uh, coronavirus to recede, if it ever is going to recede here in the next six months. And maybe it won't. But what the hell? Let's forge ahead. Let's get some more sick people in there. Let's see if we can strain the hospital systems all over the southwest including in Texas and Oklahoma and Arkansas and all the states around there. Which are also also very red states, as it turns out, in a lot of ways. That's right. What, and about what about him drinking the water and getting the loud cheers for drinking a glass of water? Certainly there must be some sort of historical footage of Hitler quaffing a stein of beer and getting a lot of uh, applause from his, his crowd. Oh, right? everybody's, I've seen that a million times, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Party officials say that the Oklahoma mishap has scrambled plans for future arena-style rallies. You think? One idea is well, message received. One idea is to hold smaller events at outdoor venues like airport hangars or amphitheaters. There's also a discussion of holding them in a non-urban area to make it harder for protesters to gather in mass. Hmm. Non-urban. It wasn't the protesters that were the cause of the small crowd. It just wasn't. The protests were not all that huge at all for either side. But they got to push that. Yep. Because if you're taking excuse 101, that's what you do. And uh, make sure you throw in the word Antifa. That's very important. Very, very important. There's no he's he's done it so much. It doesn't have any traction anymore. There's nothing there's nothing to that word. Well, but we've been talking about this now for years that uh, there's a law of diminishing returns on everything. There should be. Well, but there is. And eventually it gets reached for Donald Trump. And the historical comparison, I think, is, I believe this is uh, from uh, the historian John Meacham, who's uh, mm-hmm. written books about all kinds of stuff like this, about Joe McCarthy. How, how was, what happened to Joe McCarthy? How did he finally get taken down? What was the end of his reign? It wasn't the, have you no decency, sir? At those hearings by Joseph Welch, that, that, you know, that, that's kind of the, the the clip that we see. But it wasn't one moment like that. It was the American people got tired of the act. They got sick of him. He had done it one too many times, and that was really how Joe McCarthy came to an end. And how does Meacham know that? Because Roy Cohn wrote that in Roy Cohn's own own book, and Meacham was re-quoting him. 
you know, Roy Cohn was Joe McCarthy's lawyer, and of course, later, Donald Trump's lawyer. It's like one big seamless ball of shit between Joe McCarthy and, and Donald Trump. And Trump, it feels right now, and this is not to be overconfident, the election has not been held yet, and it's not important that if the election were held today, Joe Biden would win. That's not the point. We're not overconfident here. We're going to work hard, and we're going to get everybody out to vote. This is not in the bag. It is not 2016. It's not Hillary Clinton. La, ha, la, la, no problem. Donald Trump can't win. We're not thinking that way. No, but I do think I think it's it is helpful to people who are going to support Joe Biden because I think they do they can visibly see there's blood in the water right now. Oh, there's no, there, there, there's no doubt about it. And no matter what people have been saying about Joe Biden, well, you know he's he's not out there, which there's nowhere to be out in, right? You can't mm-hmm. really be out there. So far, I think he's playing this brilliantly. Yes, when you look at his uh, speaking style. It's slower. It's less precise than it was a few years ago. But you know what? That doesn't mean shit. That means nothing. And uh, uh, am I going to not vote for Joe Biden? Am I thinking about not voting for Joe Biden because he's he's not the whippersnapper that he was when he's for, when he was forty five now? No. Uh, I think I feel more strongly than ever that the choice for Joe Biden's vice president should be Kamala Harris. I believe it is the safest choice for a variety of reasons, not only because she's an African-American woman, not only because of her experience, not only because she's been a a good senator, not only because she's extremely well-spoken, not only because she's attractive. I just think that this is the way to go. We don't, there can be other ones that might be, you might be reaching a little bit. I I think this is the safest choice and it makes the most sense to me. Well, it's, I think it's down to three. I think it's down to her. I think it's down to Val Demings of Florida. Yeah. And I think it's uh, down to uh, uh, Keisha Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta. Those three. Those and those are, are all, three. those are all great choices. But I, I, I think the best and the safest choice. And, again, we don't have to go for great. We don't have to go for the gusto on the top of the mountain on this one. Joe Biden, I will repeat, is not a great candidate. Joe Biden is a good candidate. And we need a good vice presidential candidate. And Kamala Harris is a good vice presidential candidate that, pe- that uh, more people in America know than the other two. Right. And, and by the way, I, I think she could uh, slice and dice Mike Pence in a one-on-one debate. No well. question. I don't think no, there's any doubt about it. That, that, no doubt about that. I mean, that's yeah. just an added. By bonus. the way, I think the other two could. The other two too, could but, kill him too. The other two could destroy yeah. his. Even if, if if he would agree to be seen in the same room alone with them. Now that's a big question. We don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. There might not be a vice presidential debate because. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We, you know, we got to think ahead here. We need a plan B on that kind of stuff. Mommy, is it okay if I'm alone with this woman in the same room? Because, you know, she's pretty attractive. I'm not sure. I don't know. I might have some weird feelings going on here. Hey, uh, 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 I love the uh, airs of Tom Petty telling the Trump campaign to shut the F up and stop using uh, I won't back down. down. Um, And, of course you know that that won't stop him because he's that kind of sick individual. And you know that a cease and desist order will not stop him because as Mr. Law and Order, well, that doesn't apply to him. <laughs> Everybody else is law and order is is cops uh, killing people on the streets. But law and order in terms of following actual um, uh, rule of law kinds of legal uh, documents, and, and, and that doesn't apply to Donald Trump. We know that. But I, I, I just think it's great that, He's getting it from all angles right now. 
and um, good good for the family. Good for the family. And then you know, Tom Petty had that uh, had that moment. It must have been about twenty five years ago, where. He he came to Jesus on the whole Confederate flag thing because he used to have it up at his all, right. all of his concerts. That's right. And, and someone made him aware, if he wasn't paying attention, I guess he wasn't. That you know this is just not the thing to do. This is not a good and and he changed at that moment and never again, never again. Good for him. Well, some people do have that moment where they kind of go, oh yeah, I get it now. I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. has come to Jesus on that thing over a period of time. I think a lot of people have have had to reconsider. Uh, something over a period of time, and then some people have not. So that that kind of is how that goes. Uh, Trump's hilarious joke about slowing down testing that that really has has landed him in a little bit of hot water. He has been asked about this, and and says, "Oh, he's only kidding. It's, it's just sure. a joke." Hang, hang on a second. Now, now, wait a minute. What did I just say? He's trying out the comedy <laughs> in a small hall there, only six thousand people. Before he he no. Um, that comment, which of course piggybacks on 17 different versions of it, including the original version, if I recall, if there was one before this, let me know. The one that he, uh, the time that he said it when he was standing there in Atlanta at the CDC with uh, the CDC director Redfield and uh, a few other people. And uh, they were wearing masks. He wasn't. This was back early in March, I think, March 10th, if I'm not incorrect. And that was the moment where Trump was uh, holding out his hand figuratively and said, don't let those people off that ship. Put them back out there because that that just makes me look bad because you'll have more cases. And if you take that moment of complete ignorance and run it through here a couple months later where he thinks that offhandedly he can still push this narrative of if we would just stop testing people in such great numbers, there would be, in fact, fewer cases. Um, is it, it makes complete sense that he's saying these things. It makes no sense of the content of what he has been saying. And it's demagogic and it's a lie. And have you seen any doctor including the ones that are, are, are selling their souls and going on Fox and, and not being so mean to the president. Have you seen any of them say, yes, the reason that the number of hospitalizations, because those are the numbers that we're looking at across the country, that's the top story that you see day after day now, that Florida and Texas and California and Arizona and the Carolinas uh, are having record numbers of not just new cases, but higher percentages of people testing positive who do get tested who have to then go into the hospital. So it's a complete distortion to say the only reason, the main reason that this is happening is because we're testing more people. That's just a flat-out lie, and for him to say it, he should be beaten up. He should be garroted. He should be hanging from the tree, not some statue. We, you know, it, but aren't we seeing, we're seeing a common theme. Everybody is trying to make him look bad. The people who test positive before the rally are trying to make him look bad. The, the people who are trying to test so much that they make the numbers go up, they're making him look bad. The people that wear masks in public, they're trying to make him look bad. Right. He has said that. So well, all of it is, all of it is designed to make him look bad. Well, let me, let me throw this, this supposition, kind of a, a question at you just based on what you said, because 
we can try to think outside the box a little bit on the fact that the crowd was so small in, in Tulsa besides the, the obvious ones. And since Trump has played, and I think, I think you think, overplayed his hand for three and a half, four years, we're reaching critical mass, it's Joe McCarthy time, we're sick of the act. Apparently, a lot of people in the Tulsa area, in Oklahoma, you know, draw a, a circle 300 miles around Tulsa where normally he could draw people in from. Maybe a lot of those people are just sick of the act. And if you add in the the shocking level of lying, and then you add in a guy who said he could shoot people on Fifth Avenue and retain his support, well, maybe not quite so true. Because if you change that and say, you know what, I could invite 20,000 people into an arena in the middle of an epidemic that has no cure, that has no vaccine right now, and you know what? They would all come. That's as idiotic as saying I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and retain my support. And he hasn't shot anyone actually on Fifth Avenue, and we haven't seen whether he would get support from that. But that's become legend. That's become mythology of the strength of Donald Trump. Well, I think you just saw it deflated right there in front of our eyes, on Saturday, people, even the most ardent Trump supporters, many, most of them, particularly older ones, are not that stupid, and they are not willing to die for Donald Trump. He thinks they are. You know what? They're not. And I don't know how you get those back if you're him. The answer is you can't and you won't in my opinion. Brad and